Hey, good evening, Let's Talk family. And tonight we are going to have a chat, a discussion on um, a formal introduction, uh, introduction to a friend of mine, Melodic Storm. And we're going to discuss her book. Um, she wrote a book on poetry, her, um, her energy, her uh, spirituality. We were having a conversation right before we started about it and, and having that good energy. So if I'm talking in a low tone, you want to have the the tone right uh, first and foremost. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, we had formally met during a, a show prior that you had you had you had came on, and I really was interested in having a, um, a more one on one conversation with you because um, you like the rest of the ladies that was on the show. I believe everybody has a lot of substance with them. And I know that you're a poet as well as an author. And um, I know that you wouldn't mind coming on the show um, to, to say who, who you are. Now, I, I got the, the back, which is a bio of the book, saying Melodic Storm was born and raised in the BX, New York, yeah. in the 70s and 80s. Definitely witnessed the emergence of hip-hop and the arch, which, is, which has impacted her life and her body of work. Growing up in a socioeconomically challenged environment, definitely had positive and negative effects on her development. She attended the universe, a university in Northeastern United States and graduated in less than four years. She moved back to New York Tri-State area to ignite her career, which has evolved and transformed in several different industries over the years. She comes from a close-knit family. The matriarch of her family, the matriarchs of her family have greatly influenced her love for music, reading, writing, dance. She was always surrounded by creative beings and always exposed to bigger and better things outside of her Bronx bubble. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Melodic's goal is to give her voice and to share relatable heartfelt vibrations with all. She is a woman, a mother, a sister, a cousin, a lover, a poet, and a friend. Wow, that's a lot there. Let's let's unpack a few things. Okay. So you grew up in the Bronx. Um, we had talked about that before. Um, I have some Bronx um, history. That is that is beautiful. Um, Bronx is a beautiful place. Uh, long, long, many, many moons ago. So how was it growing up in the Bronx um, for you? Um. <laughs> 
I mean, it was it was fine growing up in the Bronx for me. Um, I think I had a pretty decent childhood. Um, and I, all honesty, I didn't realize that we lived in the hood until I was about 14 or 15 years old. Um, I never felt like I wanted for anything or I was missing anything, you know? Um, it was pretty fulfilling. Um, yeah. So let me ask you, as when, when, first and foremost, when did you realize like poetry was something that you liked? At what, at what age? So I've always liked books. Um, and I, and, and the first book that really touched my heart was, um, I know why the cage bird sings by, um, my Angelou. Um, I really connected with that book. I want to say I started writing in high school. That's the way I was able to express my emotions, but, oh, my mother passed away three years ago and as i was going through her things i found a poem that i wrote her when i was about nine years old it was about nine wow. yeah i was like wow look at this so i think sometimes we um tap into our gifts but we don't fully understand them at that time and i think that they e they evolve so so you saw this poem uh, three years ago. So that going through her stuff and that reading that poem over again is now a grown woman yes. who's seen her mother pass on. Mm -hmm. How did the poem, like rereading the poem for the first time again, since you gave it to her, how did, what was that feeling like? Oh, it was, it was painful. It was painful. Um, I definitely think uh, my reaction to it was probably was probably different than it would have been had you know i found it and she was still here <laughs> but i was you know um it was like a revelation for me because i was like wow like i didn't even realize you know that this was something that resonated with me before i actually you know um would sit down and actually um write on purpose so you've been so then you left the Bronx, left the Bronx, and then you decided to. I know you where you moved at, but it, that's up to you whether you want to share where you moved at. Um, when I left the Bronx, I went to college up in um, in Rhode Island, mm -hmm. and I was there for a while. That was a, how was that? Was that a culture shock? It was a definite culture shock <laughs> for sure. Yes, absolutely. It was so different. Um, believe it or not, um, the town seemed very segregated to me. And I had never experienced that being from New York. You know, bless it. Yeah, I think, I think that, you know, um, a lot of people outside of the Bronx don't truly understand, like, there is no, like, you're a race, but no, you're from the Bronx. Right. You know, everybody's like together. You know, um, it's a melting pot. Yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, you grew up in the Bronx. You, it is. It, it is like that. No place like nowhere else. You got other places where you might have a section of that area is like, oh, that's the white section, or that's the black. No, the Bronx is something different. Everybody's there, like basically together. Um, 
Well, New Doing York, thing. New York in general, the Bronx, Manhattan. I mean, I feel like growing up in New York, it it made life different for me because I had friends everywhere. I had friends of every color. Um, you know, it it was it was pretty dope. That's I I love that about New York, that you get to touch everybody. But so so you made this so you made this ascension to Rhode Island mm-hmm. to this prestigious college. I might add, you may not feel so <laughs> even though you even though that's your your school and your alumni. Um, I, right. I'm very fond of the school that you went to. So, right. This was a culture shock. Different meeting people from literally all over the world and different cultures, different nationalities. Um, how was right. that experience? You you graduated less than four years, so you wasn't a party person or whatever. I guess you was into your um, studies or whatever. I was a party person. I party. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely party, but I also, you know, did my work. Like, you know, I would go to the party. Like, we had classes Monday through Thursday, and we had trimesters. So... I could party Thursday night, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, but Sunday, don't call me on Sunday. I'm, Sunday I'm, was recuperate night, right? Sunday was get this work done, write these papers, and watch <laughs> Lifetime. <laughs> it's, I tell you that, I, I always tell people one thing about partying. It's like, yeah, I could still party like we used to, but it just the recovery time is just not the same. You go out, you go out on a Friday, you don't recover until Wednesday the following week. Um, oh, your whole week off. Yeah, I be, <laughs> and I don't, me myself, I don't party like that. So I'm just saying, when I do hang out or go out, right. it's like a, a serious recovery time. So graduated college. Now it's like, okay, now career stuff like that family, so forth, so on. So the the love for writing, the love for reading. Um, and I'm going to mess with you right now. You got a library card? <laughs> you got a library card? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with you about the library card because yeah. um, I know where, where you live at and I know the Barnes & Noble is, is pretty big down there. I've, I've frequent that Barnes & Noble uh, plenty of times. So what type of what type of books do you like to read? Um, oh, I like to read all different types of books. Um, I like self help books. Um, I like biographies, autobiographies. I do enjoy those. But oh, my guilty pleasure <laughs> is actually um, urban fiction. Love, 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 urban fiction. Um, in reference to the urban fiction, how how do you how do you know you get a lot of people and as a reader myself, are you one of those people that you could pick up a book and you could put it down and say, I it's gonna take me two weeks to read the book, or when you pick up a book, you say, I'm gonna read this book as much as I can right now before I put it down. Cause once I put it too far away from me, I won't be able to complete it. It depends on how well I connect with the book. Like if it, you know, just reels me in, I can sit there and probably read the book in like a day or two. Um, I remember, uh, you know, Terry Woods, is it Terry Woods? Yeah, True to the Game. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that book. Well, those books rather. Um, And 
I I've read them a couple of times, believe it or not, because I like to reread books also because I feel like you pick up different things each time. But I probably sat there one night, I want to say in between two evenings, I probably read all three books. Wow. Oh. Yeah, it was, I was like, ugh, I was just into it. Like, I would, yeah. <laughs> so no, it did, but I, I, I always say to myself when you when you read those type of books, and I used to read read them heavy. Um, one thing about Terry Woods is that I thought it was interesting when she talked about when she got fired for her job for running the copies off, mm. and she was like, you know, my supervisor told me all I had to do was ask, and she was running copies off from her job on front of printer, and they basically fired her for stealing. But but she oh. but um she's a very 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 good writer. Right, storytelling. You're able to visualize what she's saying, so she captivates the reader. She does. Um, so I know that you said Maya Angelou. So Maya Angelou, as a poet and as a writer, she was a big influence on your poetry, or just you know her as Mother Queen, or mm, I think as a, a a black woman in general, I love black excellence honestly like i think that's so amazing i think that we are some amazing people and especially our elders um i think that i i know that i expose like you know my my kids to just black excellence and you know just great people and great things um I love her. I love Nikki Giovanni. I just think that they're, I mean, they're polar opposites. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I like that balance. I think that's so, just so dope that, you know, I, I I can look up to both of them. And like I said, they're just totally different. So, yeah. Sonia Sanchez? I like Sonia Sanchez. So let me ask you from an artistic artistic point of view, mm -hmm. um, do you think, and I always ask a lot of the poets on the Poetry Corner this question, and you're, you're an artist as well, mm -hmm. um, do you think that life imitates art or art imitates life? Mm. I think that art imitates life because I think that mimics your experiences. Um, I think that art is extremely subjective. Um, and that's what I like about it. Like, because uh, in all honesty, everyone can have their opinion about your work, but they can't tell you what your work should, what your work is to you is personal. If you had, if, let me ask you, if you had five people in front of you right now, from an artistic uh, standpoint, just to pick their brain, mm. who would be the, who would be those five people? Mm, I think they would all be writers. Um, definitely Maya Angelou, definitely Nikki Giovanni, definitely James Baldwin. Um, hmm, who else? I. Hmm. Let's see. Ann Moody. Another writer. She had another uh, a book called Coming of Age in Mississippi that was one of my absolute favorite books, um, and um, probably Toni Morrison. Yeah, very, very. Um, those are tough. Five interesting individuals. I mean, 
I would I would say that um when as as we get older, um, mm-hmm. our our generation, it's amazing that a guy like, for example, James Bowen, mm-hmm. he was um he was so articulate. Like, and I, you, you read some of his stuff now, and it's like, yo, you sure he ain't still alive somewhere, right? Because this guy's stuff is like profound. Um, did you? Let me ask you. Have you? No, excuse me. Let me let me slow down a little bit. So now let's talk about. Let's continue talking about your poetry. Yes. And so now you said okay. I'm I'm writing. So now, when was the first time you ever performed poetry live around people? Mm. In front of an audience? Mm -hmm. 2012. Okay. I would write, and there were certain certain people that I would share my pieces with. One was my mother. Another one was my cousin. um, Two of my cousins, actually. Um... And my brother, I wasn't comfortable sharing with with people hearing my my pieces because some of them, although they're not all about me or my experiences, like you and I can have a conversation and it can spark a piece for me. But sometimes the pieces are so raw and you're so naked that I have a hard time expressing, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm, how can I put this on? <laughs> I'm a very private person. So to actually um, even talk about, talking about certain subjects, I'm like, mm, I don't really want to give my opinion on that. No, I'm good, you know? So to, when I write though, it's like, it, it's unfiltered. I'm gonna ask you. So, so, so you were you were basically started uh, reading your poetry to close close family, friends, um, people that you felt comfortable, people that you were allowed to be vulnerable with. Um, right. So now, when you first did it around people that you didn't know, mm-hmm. how was that experience? That was absolutely nerve wracking. Um, I was so nervous and I was encouraged by um, another uh, writer um, and spoken word artist. Uh, I'm sure you probably heard of him before. His name is William Washington and it was his event and it was in the, um, in the village. And my, one of my friends at the time, um, a close friend of mine um, and my cousin, they were like, girl, you do such a great job. You need to get up there. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not sharing this with anybody. And they were like, no, you definitely need to do it. I was like, oh God. Okay. So, and, and William actually encouraged me. He was like, come on, go up there, girl. He was like, everybody has to go up there once. Once you get up there, you're going to love it. I I still don't love it. (laughs) Really? No, I don't love it. I love to write. I so you would, so you would be you would be a ghostwriter for poets. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. So 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 you do you remember what poem that you uh said? Um there were a few. There was one called Denial. You remember that? You want to say it? No, no. <laughs> it's it's in my 
It's in there. Hold up. Hold up. I got the book. That's the book. Hold up. Hold up. It's a book. I mean, a really, really nice book. I just got I just received a book today, you guys. So I wasn't able to go over it because I would have definitely um read every little piece of this book and been like, tell me about this poem. But I did see a couple of titles in here I want you to discuss. Mm-hmm. It's on Hot page, chocolate. I was on page 54. Oh, wow. <laughs> you you see, she she's she bullies the interview. She went straight to page 54. She ain't let me pick the poem that she wanted to discuss, you guys. <laughs> nope, you can pick whatever poem you want. <laughs> Denial. Let's, before you before you recite this poem, but you can recite the poem first. No, this isn't one that I was gonna recite. Well, let's. Do you want to talk about denial? Uh, we can. We can talk about any poem you want to talk about. All right. Well, you, let's recite a poem first. Let's try that first, okay? Whatever you feel comfortable reciting. Okay. Let's see. So I sent you a few um, earlier today. Pick from one of those. Like, which one would you like me to recite? Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me see. Hmm? Black man. Okay. <laughs> Black man. Black man, you are loved. You are, descendant, you are a descendant of kings. Try to take care of yourself. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. Sharing your emotions isn't a sign of weakness. You don't have to be perfect. Their opinion won't pay your bills or build your dreams. Failure isn't a tattoo. You don't have to ask for permission to be excellent. Just be excellent. Wow. How long, how, 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 when did you write that? Oh, um, I think I wrote that one in 2017. Do you think do you think writing that poem was like an open letter to black men? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so many black men are afraid of their own power. But I also mm. think that they've been down for so long. Explain that. Explain that. We talk <laughs> about this. We're gonna, we're gonna have this conversation today. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like black men are conditioned to be less than what they are. You know what I mean? Um, in all honesty, I think that black women are conditioned to emasculate our men. Um, because I feel like... <laughs> let me ask you, let me ask you, because that is a very, very interesting statement. Mm -hmm. You just said, um, with with these conditions, not understanding that, as well as myself and you, mm -hmm. we were on that auction block together. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of crazy that we 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 tend to look at each other as the enemy, mm -hmm. and not realize that every atrocity that you've been through, I've been through. Right. Um, we're supposed to be teammates. Yeah, no. I mean, and that's one of Maya Angelou's poems. Is she she explains that even on that auction block, 
she was there with him behind her king. Right. Side by side with her king. Um, um, so I think that when you say that conditioned, do you think that that conditioning, do we we as a community realize what's going on? I think some of us do. I think some of us do. And I think that some of us are so caught up in the glitz and the glam and the smoke and the mirrors that they don't even realize what's um, what's going on and how things are set up. Um, but I also... But I've been hurt. I've been hurt by the black woman. The black I've woman has done me dirty. I've, Why should I trust her? Dirty by the black man. But, okay, I'm going to say this. Just because one black woman or one black man does you wrong, that doesn't mean that the next one will. You know? Um, I'm bitter. She I'm, did me dirty. I'm not, not just her. It was a couple. I'm not bitter. I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> I just was saying that because I think that, um, like I said, I think our experiences put us in a situation where we don't know how to forgive. And then we hold ourselves hostage to the anger, the bitterness, um, not realizing your statement, what you said is better to being better than being bitter right. and being able to know who you are. Um, right. Regardless of what you may have done in the past or what somebody did in the past, it doesn't take you off the throne that you that you are on. So, I like that open letter to black men. That's I nice. Didn't, I, didn't you, hear, I didn't hear what you said. I said I like that open letter to black men. Oh, I like that. Thank you. I appreciate have you ever recited that publicly? Um, I have. Um, I think it was in March at a because failure isn't a tattoo. I like that, and even Nicole said. She said that was really you that that whoo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Failure isn't a tattoo. So we got you sent me kind of quite a few. <laughs> Fantasies. Fantasies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me scroll to that one. All right, here we go. <laughs> Fantasies. Fantasies of a dream girl, but I'm a real woman. You see, I was your dream girl, but it turns out I was really your theme girl. You had a vision of what you wanted me to be, but you didn't really see me. You wanted to know why I never picked you, but you fantasized that I was something that I wasn't. You can't be that thick, boo. I was young and learning myself, but you saw a porcelain doll that needed to sit on a shelf. I was experiencing life and trying to find the real me. You were Mr. Popularity with no clarity because your eyes really, really couldn't see. I'm a strong black woman, very set in my ways. When this heart feels pain, it can last for months or sometimes just days. I'm fierce and aggressive with the determination of a lioness. Trouble often avoids me because I don't deal with that mess. I'm not perfect, I'm human. I've made many mistakes. I've persevered and learned from the lessons because they will not determine my fate. You see, my dear, a caged animal will never ever thrive. Living under your thumb and rules 
would have eaten me alive. You had this golden box that I just could not fit in. I've never been the type of chick to try to fit in. Sometimes loud, sometimes quiet, but always just as confident as I please. Man, I've been known to bring some players to their knees. Spiritual, fearful, and faithful to the Lord with a heart of gold, a poet, uh, an artist, a poet with loads and loads of soul. Fairy tales and unicorns are the reality you always seem to live in. Happily ever after is exactly what you envisioned. But there's always two sides to a coin and dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons, to me, seem like prison. I wish you the best and I hope that you are happy because I'm riding, crashing, and gliding this crazy wave called life. I know for a fact this would not be possible if I had died the slow death of being your wife. Woo. <laughs> Woo. I mean, I think that's the poem that after somebody done got out of a situation and they um were put down and beat down and told that they too big or not beautiful enough by their mate and they just said the hell with that day in the corner like you know what look at this joker um <laughs> this joker must not know like you know mr popular like special said mr popularity with no clarity is there did you write that for someone i did i did yeah i did <laughs> i did no I, I mean you know as a as a as a personal piece yes as a as a reader, you mm -hmm. know, um, and I know that this is your first published book, but I'm quite sure you got notebooks all over the house, um, little pieces of paper with thoughts. One <laughs> of the, one of the things, um, and and I and I have never wrote a published book, is that sometimes you have to be a certain place to get that certain emotion out. Right. And um. Right. You know, it, I know it's for you to. To to wrote that with so much emotion, whether it was for going on in your life or someone else's. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look back at it, mm -hmm. how do you feel when you look back at it? Um, I like that piece. I, I really like that piece. Um, I think it definitely um captures who I am, who I was, who I am you know, the, the, the evolution <laughs> of melodic storm. Um, I, I, that's one of my, that's one of my favorites. I have a couple that I have a handful that, uh, are my favorites. And that's you, that. you have anything written down that you could tell your 20 year old self. Hmm. Not written. <laughs> Definitely not written down, but in all honesty, I would tell my 20 year old, my 20 year old self, always believe in yourself and um never give up on you yeah that's what i would tell my 20 20 year old self never get to i mean a, a, a lot of you know you have to be um uh as i would say you get a certain group of people who are what we consider geniuses and i believe everybody has like that that trait in them yes you just gotta um, be able to bring up. When did you realize, like, I, right, I went to these poetry events. I'm t it's time for me to just 
through a book. Just put these words into, you know, a okay. cover and let's, <laughs> let's get something going. Um, I've always wanted to write a book. Um, poetry is not the only um, genre that I'm, um, you know, interested in um, or that I dabble in, I should say. Um, so there will be other things coming up for me in the future. So, I mean, you, you can look out for that for sure. But um, I think, like I said, I've always wanted to write a book, always wanted to leave. A I feel like I have something to say. And I feel like there are people who can relate to my my, my pieces. I feel like they need, they need to be heard. Do you think that um, you're, uh, for lack of better words, like when, you, when you're compulsive, do you think you're compulsive? I don't think I'm compulsive. Oh, so you're able to say, "I at this set time I'm gonna do this," or you're one of the people that just go. Like if you got an idea in your head, or you. So I'm not. I'm not a typical artist. Um, <laughs> I'm not a typical artist. Um, usually, artists are very, you know, um, scattered. I'm not scattered. Um, I'm a. I'm an organized. Um, I'm an organized planner. Oh, that's a good value. That's a good one. Organized planner. So even though I'm a creative, I'm still very, you know, I set deadlines. Um, so your, your, your library with your books. So you mean to tell me you got the urban section? Is it the urban section? Interesting. Um, no, 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 no. My library, I have my books everywhere. Like usually okay. I, I line them up usually by like size order <laughs> so they are all over the place they're not by titles or or a genre or um self-help no. no but they're they're all over my house i'll say that i'm i right now i think i have um two books in my bedroom um i have books on my fireplace um i have books on a shelf in my living room i have books on a on shelves down in the basement, I have totes filled with books because, like I said, I like to reread some of my books, and some of them are just gems, you know. I want to get to know you better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hold on, let me just scroll to it. Okay. <laughs> I want to get to know you better. I can't believe I'm sitting here writing this potential love letter. The thing is, I don't know that much about you, but the possibility of loving you gives me chills. And I can't stop thinking about you. You've helped me peel back this thick layer of pain, distance, and despair that was corrupting me, suffocating me. And I was fully aware of its existence, its draining powers, and the bitterness that had crept into my heart, my soul, my being. You had me wanting to run away so fast because for the first time in over a decade, my eyes were finally seeing. That all men are not the same. All men are not playing the same game. But I'm still afraid of opening Pandora's box. I've been 
dipping and dodging this path of potential pain like a fly fox. For many years, masking fear with, fuck him, I don't really care. But the truth of the matter is, if I allowed myself the pleasure of caring, it would literally kill me if my love chose not to be there. Your open, honest approach on life, love, and all things in between had me stuck on stupid. Shit. I feel like I've been pulverized by Cupid. I want to get to know you better, but I feel like I've known you for an eternity. I know it seems strange, but that's not even reality. To this strong black woman, vulnerability seems like a curse. Man, if I could bottle up my feelings, I would roll them right up and stuff them in my purse. <laughs> We're going to talk about this poem. Let me just get sip my coffee. Okay. <laughs> I happen to have a lot of friendships with a lot of women. Mm -hmm. and, um, they discuss, they, they openly discuss about going through some things in life and part of your poem speaks to that vulnerability. Right. Um, you want to speak about that? Did, now this poem, isn't it any backstory? Mm -mm. <laughs> but, but see, as a woman, I'm quite sure you got, you know, your female friends, yourself, y'all discussed being vulnerable and, 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 uh, having, having that trust and, 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 and really just putting your life, your feelings, your emotion, your everything into another human being. Right. That's um, hard. That's hard. That's a struggle. I still struggle with that to this day. It's, it's a struggle. Absolutely. To, to open up and allow someone the potential to hurt you. Yeah, that's. That's that's hard. I think that um, when we all go through what we go through, the journey of life, um, we yeah. tend to not be able to correlate that to the next person. Be like, look, I'm, I'm one of my issues. Like, I asked you a question, I texted you a question earlier, and um, you know, you said you didn't have any, but I, but I, I'm speaking about insecurities for everybody in the chat. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times. We can't, or me, I'm going to say me, mm -hmm. I have insecurities. Now, my insecurities may not have anything to do with a relationship or whatever, but, right. but, but they're there. And I always say that my insecurities is no one else's issue but mine. Right. Absolutely. And trusting a friend, trusting anybody with my insecurities can be hard, but I shouldn't dump them on them. Right. I should ask them, like, you know, help me get through those insecurities. I mean, because they're there. And right. you know they're there. And they pop up every once in a while. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm cured from those insecurities. And then they pop up. You'd be like, damn, I'm tripping. I'm still got issues in this area. Um, And, it, and this is something that King just said. He says, some people take advantage of vulnerable people playing on their emotions in this foul. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't, I don't look at vulnerability as an insecurity. Um, in all honesty, I feel like to me, an insecurity is something that you, you don't work on. It's something that you feel like, you know, you lack or you don't work on. I feel like when you, you're very self-aware of what your issues are and you're a constant work in progress, 
it's it to me it's not really an insecurity. Do you think that the the the, the, the vulnerability like that ties in with the women with with, with having or I don't want to sound chauvinist with being so filled with emotion because mm-hmm. you may like a guy may be like, I, I ain't vulnerable to nothing. He, you know, he's going to show some type of machoism or some type of masculine. Um, he's not going to allow his guard to be down. Right. I to, think, to, to be vulnerable. I think with black women in general, um, at least I, I know, at least in my family, um, we were always taught to make sure that you can take care of yourself. Make sure you can take care of yourself. Make sure you can take care of your family. Make sure you take care of everything. Because it doesn't matter whether you're married or not. At any time, happen, your husband could walk out of the house and get hit by a bus. What you going to do then? You know what I mean? So I think that... Um, more than anything, um, you know, that term strong black woman, <laughs> it's the, I feel like it's a gift and a curse because sometimes, you know, like I said, you, you're totally prepared to do what you have to do. But then sometimes you're like, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. It's funny that you brought that term up. Um, yeah. I think I think the term for I think the term strong black women, my personal opinion. Is it is offensive to you guys because nobody, nobody, the world does not allow you guys to cry. Right. The world does not allow you guys to show um, emotion. Really, it's, it's take. It's, it, the world is actually trying to take the black woman's emotion away. Why you got to be strong? Sometimes you need to be weak. So not weak, but sometimes you need to be soft. You don't have to be take on the world all the time. And I um, I don't feel I, like you get that option. I don't feel like we get that option. Um, I always say this and, you know, maybe, you know, some people will take it the wrong way. But I feel like um, when it comes to black women and it comes to black men, we always have your back. I, like I said, I, I know that, you know, we, we always have your back. But it seems like when some black men get into a position of power, they choose outside <laughs> of outside of Woo. wait a minute because <sighs> women of other races are usually more accommodating. Interesting topic. That's a whole different topic. But I don't want to generalize and say all. That's why I said some. I want to be very I think that, um, with I think some. that you're I think that I do agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that you're correct. Um I think that um, we have a fear, and like like my cousin said, he 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 he, he wrote something in the chat. I'm gonna just from a man's point of view, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say what he said. Now, going back to vulnerability, up into what we're talking about, mm-hmm. a woman mm-hmm. is vulnerable because she don't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. A man, it he doesn't want to be vulnerable because he doesn't want the vulnerability to be used against him. Right. Like, like, for example, and, and you know, uh, we're speaking about men and women in relationships or whatever. Right. I don't think that the black woman realizes how fragile the black man's ego really is. And that you guys have um, our ego literally in your hands. 
I really don't. I really don't. I think as you get older, you do realize how okay. <laughs> the black <laughs> ego really is. But I also feel like just being compassionate and like, I, th- I think that so many people are so self-absorbed that they don't realize the things that they do and say to other people can, you can really make or break somebody. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, I, I think that we need, I, I think that all of us need like a lesson in, in compassion and empathy. Um, and I think we would be a lot better off. Interesting. Um, you know, I'm having a daggone relationship show right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think that's important. I think that, you know, you, you, you explained how you're, you love black excellence and this is, this all ties together really? with understanding who you are as a woman, who I am as a man. And for the sake of the show, like I, we shouldn't be putting each other in a position of not being able to succeed. And I think that that that's what happens with a lot of our relationships outside of relationships. I think that we, we don't understand how to be allies of one another enough. Like um, I know that, I know that a lot of the women get upset when they feel like, Oh, he, that brother, he's dragging black women. And it's like, I, I have a theory with that, which is interesting. I don't think that nobody could tell black women anything. The only one that could hold y'all accountable are y'all. Um, I, yeah, I think to a certain extent. Um, but I feel like this: if you know everything and you can't, but we, we special said you two are definitely pulling some strings. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it then. No, you know, you know, you guys. Um, for the chat. Um, I've been doing this for a minute. She's been doing this for a minute. However, when you when you you, you do an interview, a show, or chat, you don't know the person. I mean, you get to know the person, and then you start to get to know the person. And you, what you want to try to do is develop an, a nice organic chemistry. Right. Um. So we we're going into subjects that may be have each other, as we would say, um, we're building, so right. to say. Right. So we could develop that type of chemistry to make, like she said, I want her to be comfortable explaining her poetry and explaining her poems and stuff like that. So this is one of the reasons why we may be going into areas that you guys may not have thought of we were going to go into. Right, right, right. So you said you had some poems that you wanted to, to recite that's not in the book. Yes, one or two. Um, I'm, I'm gonna before you get to that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had um someone who really likes your poetry? You're doing a poetry event. Mm-hmm. Somebody who really likes your poetry said you spoke to their soul. Absolutely. You have people that come up to you all the time, like, "Oh my gosh, that piece that you just read! Oh, it was so crazy. I was so able to relate. I felt like you. I felt like you were talking about my situation. I felt like you were talking about me. Those are like moments of just like it's it's crazy. It makes you feel real good that somebody could relate to your work because, like I said, to me, poetry is subjective. So. To you know, for somebody to understand what you know what you're saying, like I think that's really dope. 
Do you think poetry is timeless? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think it's so. Ever- I'm going to ask you with this quote unquote cancel culture and all this madness that goes on. Mm-hmm. Do you think that poets, like any other um, comedian, musician, um, art, art, artist, do you think that you guys deserve artistic freedom? Absolutely. I don't, I do not agree with censorship. I don't. Um, I think that we all have the right to speak our minds. Um, unfortunately, there are instances where because everybody, you know, can speak their mind, they may say things that are, you know, offensive to other people, but they're still entitled to speak their mind. You think, do you, I'm going to ask you, I know years ago I had a friend that he, uh, he was an old, a older guy. He was into poetry, and he hated. And I usually ask poets this: he hated people trying to say spoken word was different than mm. poetry. He just it, it bothered him a lot. Um, do you think that spoken word and poetry is different? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that poetry is more composed, and you know you have certain, you know, certain types of poems that you can write. I think that spoken word is more of a free for all. I, I feel like my work is more spoke, spoken word than anything um, because there's really no form to it. Um, it's me expressing my my thoughts. Um, so I, I would say um, spoken word and, you know, prose because, they, yeah. So, yes, I definitely feel that there's a, a difference. So if you had so so because Nikki 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 Giovanni, Sonia Sanchez, they're still alive. They would definitely be too. You would just if they were somewhere, you would try to get there to I hit them. I would. I've actually I've met Nikki Giovanni before, and um, she came up to my school. Um, there was a multicultural event, and I worked for the university. So I was sent to. Take show her around, um, and that was so dope. So I basically got to shadow Nikki Giovanni at all of these different little, you know, banquet areas around um, one of the hotels um, university owned, um, and for a good like two or three hours, I was like, "Oh, this is so amazing!" And the funny thing, not very many people knew that I actually did, you know, like wrote spoken word. That's one. And two, I was just like in awe. Like she is so tiny because I'm tall. I'm I'm five foot eight. She's she's a tiny little lady, mm-hmm. but she's so feisty. <laughs> and she has a very big, you know, very big um aura, you know. So I just thought she was just so dope. She was very, very gracious. And then um later on in the day, she actually did a, a speaking engagement at the multicultural center at my school. And she was absolutely unfiltered and absolutely spoke her mind, and I loved it. I have a random, I have a random, one of the most random questions I could ever ask you, right? Okay. Do you like Nina Simone? I love Nina Simone. You put me in like a Nina Simone type of spirit. Um, Nina, Nina spoke uh, to to me. Nina Simone speaks to a vibration. Mm-hmm. You have that type of vibration of a Nina, a Nina Simone. Uh, 
type of vibration. Okay. As as her favorite word, that black. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean I I'm a big Nina Simone fan, so that was just a random question. Just wow. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll take it. You'll take it. Take all of it, huh? <laughs> take it all. Take it all. <laughs> so you said you had some pieces, and I know you had pulled your book out, and I know you wanted. To... Uh oh. Okay. All right. Okay. This piece was written around the time um, the election this recent election um there was i i was so full of uh emotions um just because like the just the climate was so crazy like even going to the supermarket especially living you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um <laughs> Um, it was it was just really crazy because people were so just rude and nasty for for no reason, and I guess I noticed it more because, like I said, I'm 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 from the city, so you know I'm used to you know a little bit of everybody, and interacting with a little bit of everybody, and to feel like you know, I don't know, wow, you know, you see me coming, guess who's coming to dinner, <laughs> you know. You know, it's 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 funny that you brought that up uh, before you get into your poem. Mm -hmm. Um, we we live in the same area, basically. Um, and and, and we grew up in a area that's super liberal. Right. And then when we live in the area we live in, right. I won't even say it's conservative. I I call it where we live at the purple area. Um, you have fanatics on both ends. Right. I feel like it's radical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um. <laughs> Right. You know, speaking about the climate, I mean, people, you would get random people would be like, who you vote for? Be like, that's what? my personal business. Like, why are you asking me that? Like, um, and then you see the trucks that drive around with flags and you you'd be like, oh my God. And then you may encounter, and I was telling somebody this before, you may encounter, like it was an individual, I was working in a certain area mm -hmm. where guy, every day I see him and he had this pickup truck. With like twenty flags on it, but he was the night. But he was so nice to me, and I'm like, you know, so a lot of a lot of things. You'd be like, did I just see what I thought I seen? Right. And then, um, for me, when I moved to this area, mm -hmm. I literally stopped watching the news during um, Ferguson. I gave up watching the news because I realized what it, what the image was putting in my head. Right. And um, my personal reality of living in the area that we live in. Right. And you start thinking like everybody's this way, everybody's that way. Right. So, um, right. You yep. know, dealing with those, the last five years have been so polarizing. Mm -hmm. um, and with, with the pandemic and everything and election and a lot of death. And it's just like, oh, I need a break. So, Right. It led it led to you writing this piece. <laughs> well, it's, it it was very depressing, and I'm I'm with you. I agree with you 100. I limit my news intake. Like I have, where I'm like, okay, so let me turn the TV on. Let me go scroll my phone or whatever. I mean, I feel like if anything is like a major emergency, I'll get a blast on my phone or what have you. But I really try to limit what I take in because that has a lot to do with energy, also. 
that news and that bad news and all of that. Yeah, that can totally like throw you off. Like, so yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> so you wrote this piece in the in the fourth quarter, huh? The fourth quarter last year. So this piece is a year old. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Proceed with extreme caution. Stop. Don't you realize you don't belong here? Go back to that jungle where you came from. I know my people brought you here to serve, honor, and obey, but this is my country, and you are sullying the clear picture I had in mind with your foul melanin. I love your locks, and I'll pay hundreds of dollars on vacation to sport them, but don't try to get a corporate job and think that I'm accepting your naps that grow naturally from your scalp because they're too ethnic. Proceed with extreme caution. Stop. Don't you realize you don't belong here? Go back to that jungle where you came from. I'll pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for fillers and lip implants, but I hate you because those big lips reek of that goddamn melanin that I hate so much. Proceed with extreme caution. Stop. Don't you realize you don't belong here? Go back to that jungle where you came from. I've run to the tanning salon to keep my skin golden brown because the reflection of that bronze glow is heaven sent, but only when I only when I can wash it off because, it's, because if it naturally protrudes through those pores, it's a crime. Proceed with extreme caution. Stop. Don't you realize you don't belong here? Go back to that jungle where you came from. Your cocoa, almond, mocha, caramel, doce, cinnamon, nutmeg complexions are corrupting something I hold so dear. Hundreds of years of hate passed down generation to generation, upholding a segregated point of view. My race is better. It's the superior race, dominant and, even, and ever powerful. What I fail to realize is the human race is universal. And if you cut me, I bleed red. And if I cut you, you bleed red too. Proceed with extreme caution. Stop. Don't you realize you don't belong here? Go back to that jungle where you came from. Wow. Yeah. All that came about of you, huh? <laughs> Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what else to say after that. <laughs> no, I really don't. I mean, um, what a difference a year makes. Um, Absolutely. Whether whether nobody whether no matter no matter what a person's political orientation may be, right? Um, it's amazing how it's just not as much drama going on right now as it was right. last year this time. Right. It's so quiet. Um, yeah. <laughs> but wow. Yeah. That's a timeless poem because Thank I'm quite sure that we're going to be back at that place again in the near future. And if you put the last five years in a box, you ask yourself what has actually changed. No. We're no different than we're no different today than we were five, two years ago. There you go. Three years ago. 
um, the 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 murders have not stopped. The police brutality has not stopped. So, and the, definitely the racism has not stopped. Um, so I think that is whew. history repeats its cycle over and over and over again, but nobody can figure out how to end it because we get upset. And we don't, we fail to organize, but you know, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother um, interview. Well, um, we're going to end it in, the, in our chat for tonight. All right. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have anything you would like to share? Um, thank you to the people who logged in and tuned into the show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. You guys, you guys who you guys in the chat, um, make sure you like, share, subscribe to the channel. Um, we have we have a bunch of stuff that goes on 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 the channel. Um, Tuesdays we do, my cousin and myself do a show called the Poetry Corner, um, and she she will be a guest on the Poetry Corner very soon, yes. um, schedule permitting. We do a show on Wednesday with um, a young lady by the name of Darling Nikki. We do a bunch of shows, so, you know, um, like I said, like, share, subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you guys hit the like button so this show could be seen because the only way that the message could ever be spread with YouTube and um, Facebook is you have to, you have to, as we say, you have to set off the algorithm. So the only way the algorithm gets set off is uh, based off of likes and um, subscribing to the channel as well. Um, I really appreciate everybody in the chat. You guys don't realize, and I always say it, is that when I, when people are doing a show, the chat kind of makes the show because we feed off of you guys' energy. Absolutely. And um, this young lady and myself, we really appreciate you guys. And um, you don't go nowhere. You stay there. And uh, <laughs> I, like I said, uh, look for her to be be on the channel uh, as far as the poetry corner very soon and um you know look out for her man she's she's not going to be a stranger to the uh let's talk platform um we're working on something and um hopefully you guys will see her soon um a different side of her but who she is who she is um very talented young lady and she doesn't want to be pigeonholed with saying i just do this or i just do that so um look look to see her face look to see her name Look to see her promote, buy her book. Her book is on Amazon. This is the cover of a book, Lyrics of the Hearts. Lyric of the Heart. Um, very good book. I mean, the artwork is fantastic in the book. Thank you. Um, a lot of collections of poems. Um, we always talk about this thing of ours, what we call our culture. Um, we come from, we're very distinct. Right. And I and I have to let everybody know that sometimes we talk about culture. Well, I'm from this. I'm from this. no. The Black American is very distinct culture, and we know we have we have a DNA code that's different than even our brothers and sisters in the uh, diaspora. Um, we're just different. <laughs> I'm just being honest. So, not that we're better, but we're just different. Um, so I ask you guys to really, really uh, support what we're trying to do. Support this young lady, buy her book, let her know how you feel about her book, and give her the criticism. I mean, one thing that we don't do is we don't say, well, I didn't like this because of such and such. 
Right. We're from an era where it's not hating. It is constructive criticism. So give somebody the criticism and be like, well, could you do this better next time? Because sometimes we need that encouragement. Um, it's not hating. It is, like I said, it's constructive criticism. With that, everybody have a blessed night. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Good night.